Hello and welcome to the Conscious Leadership Podcast. My name is Julie Hogbin and I am the creator of the three weekly episodes that are produced. Wealth Wednesday, the A to Z of business on Friday and a longer content piece or interview on a Monday. If you like what you hear, please share this podcast if you think it would support and help somebody else. Hello, Conscious Leadership listeners. Over the last couple of weeks, I have had various conversations with various people around standards and targets and what that means for performance. And I thought I would take the opportunity, seeing as it has been very recent and very relative, of explaining what standards are and why we need them. So a standard of performance is a yardstick against which we measure the acceptability to the business, to the organisation, to an individual of an individual's performance. So it covers right the way across, one-to-one, one-to-many, within business, within life. Now I'm recognising that yardstick is something that many people listening to this actually probably won't even know what it is. Um, So a a yardstick was a hard and fast measure of length, so equivalent, uh, it's imperial rather than metric. So a yard was 36 inches, a metre is 39 inches um, and a thousand centimetres. And I don't have a clue how many centimetres a yard was. So please accept that from me. And what I would like to say is, regardless whether it's a yardstick, a metre stick, a standard is something that gives us a measure of performance. And I've written a document on this, which I will publish on LinkedIn. So if anybody wants to go and have a look at it there, and I will probably put it into a book as well with some other management and leadership information to add to my books that are already on Amazon. But a standard, it really doesn't matter how big or small the business is. And to be honest, it's probably more important to get these, I'm going to say right, for want of a better word, the smaller the organisation is. Because the smaller your organisation is, you don't have the flexibility of wasting resources. Now, larger businesses have an economy of scale, which wrongly depending on how they're managed or led, makes it less noticeable when standards slip. What any size business has to do is notice the standards slipping, and that's why you have them. So they're a base level, lowest level of acceptable performance before it kills the business. And this relates to anybody and everybody involved within the organisation, from boards of trustees, chief execs, frontline staff. It cuts across hierarchy, position and pay scales. And a few years ago, I was coaching a chief exec who's one of her directors had openly admitted to her that he was operating at 50% of his capacity. Now, when we don't have the standards and we don't have those measures of performance in as a normal everyday thing, people can slip. And when a director gets to 50% of his capacity, that's not a good thing for any business and it's not good for him. So there's two sides to all of this. So a standard attaches to the task or behaviour and it's constant. 
Now, it can be adjusted over time. When the organisation has historical activity information and it can be adjusted up and it can be adjusted down dependent on what is going on. Technical changes make a difference and improvements to systems and processes make a difference. Standards need to be measurable or recognisable. Same as goals, same as objectives, whatever you call them, but standards are different. So measurable or recognisable, and that covers both quantity and quality. If you can't measure it, you can't manage it. And if you cannot see it, you can't manage it. And if you can't manage it, how will you ever manage your bottom line and reputation? It's best for any standard to be written down so that all can see it and refer to it. So it can be accessed by everybody, which includes your stakeholders. When it's written down, it can be acknowledged by everybody. It can be accessed by everybody. It becomes part of your induction, part of the one-to-ones, part of the conversations you have with people. This includes yourself, by the way. And And it can be referred to as a part of any performance review. Now, in general, it would refer to in the olden days, if you like, it would be be between a business and an employee. Now, when you think about now and public business, private business, corporations, entrepreneurs, joint venture partners, stakeholders, customers and providers, it can cover absolutely everything. The sooner we have the conversations within any partnership we're in, any relationship, the better that relationship and the better that partnership becomes. As an organisation, it really truly helps to have these written down. And whether it's a small organisation, a large organisation or an organisation that comes together for one transaction, it helps to write them down because it can be referred to. Helps to write them down so people agree to them. It gives you clarity. And of course, in larger organisations, businesses that are growing, it then supports you to create the practice and procedure manuals. And at some point, potentially a staff handbook. So the sooner you start to create them, the better you're going to be. The better your results will be for quicker and for longer because you have the foundational reference point. It can also form an external document for standards for your stakeholders and contractors. They're just as important for your reputation as are your employees. They form the foundation of any business. So the sooner it can be completed, the better off the business is going to be and all of those working within the business as it provides that sound reference base. Six measures by which to set standards. It's exactly the same as goal setting. Quantity. So numerical standard, six visits a month, it can be negative or positive, it can be less than, more than. Deadlines, the timescale within which the job should be done. And that can be before a certain time or within a certain time. So the role, the the job, the, the thing that's being done should take no more than half an hour or no less than quarter of an hour and work both ways. It can be financial, so you can spend up to, say, £100, it doesn't need a second signature, up to £1,000 needs a second signature, 
over a thousand pound needs to go to the board. Now, I know those figures are small, so just multiply those up and be positive or negative, or it could be a budget. It can be negative. So as a standard, it can be negative. So when no more than, so no more than two complaints are received within a week can be recognisable. So the standard has to be seen to be met. So it's more behavioural and physically can be seen. So whether the receptionist smiles at every customer that comes through, whether they are swearing within their everyday language, which may be acceptable or not. And it could be a dress code, what is acceptable, what's not. So you can physically recognise it. And procedures, it's an absolute standard. Either the procedure's been followed or it hasn't. And that can link into the employment law side. So thinking about what is gross misconduct? What does data protection look like? And standards should always be set at the acceptable level, not the ideal. I'll come on to that in a bit more detail. But the acceptable level, so the minimum level of acceptable performance, which is a bit like maloop, and it should be capable of being improved upon. And these are some of the conversations I've been having recently. So what's the minimum level of acceptable performance? The conversations I've been having with people in business, entrepreneurs in the main, have no idea what the minimum level of acceptable performance is, let alone what the ideal level of acceptable performance is. And there's the difference. And that's where you go from a standard to a target, from a standard to a goal. So the minimum level of acceptable performance is absolutely that. Anything lower than that is unacceptable. It's unacceptable for what's required for the position or the JV partnership, whatever you want to call it, it's unacceptable. Now, if you're unacceptable to the minimum level of of acceptable performance, you have to either get that person up to the minimum level or they, through a development plan, or they are not part of the organisation any longer. You give them every opportunity and depends why they're unacceptable. You can employ people at an unacceptable level, get them to the minimum level and then get them to the ideal level. So different processes for different folk. But you're aiming for no lower than the minimal level. And then anything above that going up to the ideal, which is your target, your objective is over and above. Now, why you have the differences, why you have the two is if the target is missed, you are still above the minimum level as a standard. You're still achieving more than you are, than you than you need, than you require. So the ideal, the target is a bonus. It's an addition to. Now, there's one more level of standard that I want to discuss. And this is the one that I have been having most conversations about just recently. And that's the personal performance standard. If you have very, very, very high personal standards that you have spent 10, 20, 30 years learning, achieving, being capable of doing, very rarely will anybody you work with meet your personal standard. And that is where us as the individuals that we are need to recognise what is a personal standard 
what is the ideal standard and what's the minimum level. They're three, potentially, not for everybody, but potentially they're three different things. Now, if your personal level standard is not the minimum level, dependent on what we are talking about here, then you need to up your game. But if your personal standard is over and above the ideal standard, you then can't or shouldn't, you don't need to judge people against your standard because it's not fair. They've not had your background, your experience, your knowledge, your years within that particular industry. That is key to remember. So why do we have standards and targets? I, again, I'm meeting a lot of people just recently who don't have them. They're on a freedom target. But to get to the freedom, you need your targets and standards. You've got to come backwards to go forwards. If the standard and the target are the same, generally speaking, the standard slips. And unacceptable results are the results. You don't achieve what you are there to achieve because there's no, there's no difference. There's no gap. There's no measurement. If you've got somebody who cannot meet the minimum level for whatever reason, I've mentioned before about technological changes, process changes, people have a capability. Yeah, well, people have a capability. People have certain skills. People are better at one thing than another. Some people will never be a wizard on an Excel spreadsheet, whereas other people just delight in it and they were left to do that every day, all day. It would be their ideal dream. And of course, it's good for all of us to work at what we're good at. It, it, it goes against the grain from the education system about being average on everything. Let people excel at what they're good at. And if you can build an organisation around that, oh, your results will be phenomenal. And if you get people who um, can be classically described as the round peg in a square hole or a square peg in a round hole, neither fit for whatever reason. They could have been a fabulous employee for a period of time. Something changes, systems change, processes change, society changes, and then there's a bit of a, a non-fit. The individual can either be transitioned to another position that has the duties commensurate with their capabilities. That's a great word, commensurate and skill level. They can be retrained. They can be mentored. They could reduce hours, depending on where they are and what's going on, or they could leave the organisation. There are many options on what, what can be done. And what can't be done is to leave someone who can't achieve the results required in that position. It's going to damage them. It will damage your organisation. And it doesn't do anybody any good. It truly doesn't. I have seen this happen and it destroys people and it's not fair. So that conversation is really important. The ideal target is what everybody in the organisation should aim for. Some will achieve it and others won't. And once again, Create that development plan with a conversation with the individual to get them to that level or as close to it as they can possibly get. When you've got standards and targets, you will clearly identify your stars, your absolute diamonds within your organisation. You will identify the steady individuals within your organisation and we all need these and you will identify those that need additional support. You'll also identify those that need to be removed. And of course, with a proviso, you follow the correct employment law procedures. They will all need your time and your energy as their manager, as their leader, as a joint venture partner. The conversations need to be had. Forget, if you like, whatever title or label aspect. 
regardless of where they are and where you're, you are, your attention will correct, will, sorry, correct, create great results. So why set standards? It provides you, your colleagues, your team with a baseline to operate from. This is a standard. This allows them and you to understand that there will be an accountability conversation to be had. This sets across any business relationship you're in. It provides something to measure against. It maintains an equal standard for all. So no favoritism in this with this system. It provides baseline accountability and you can predict more accurately the lower end results. So why set targets? Remember, a target is higher than a standard. To achieve greater results, to support people in giving their best performance, to develop people's skills, abilities and knowledge, and to provide a challenge and a sense of achievement. And remember, targets are higher than the standards which ultimately means you will always achieve what is required plus a bonus. So when you're setting them, be precise, be precise about the desired result, which must be measurable and must have a timescale. Make them challenging. It's proven that challenging increases motivation when the individual has the capacity to learn and to do them. And please don't overload them. Do not overload your stars. Everybody, in some respects, to an equilibrium. Monitor them and re review them regularly and make sure they're owned by the individual. Standards and targets, either or, allow you to evaluate and review where you are, where the team is, where your business is, against known parameters. And that is really important. They also allow you to predict and forecast the future. Really important and they're vital for success in any business at any level really important if anybody wants any support any aid any assistance any help wants a bigger conversation on the difference between standards and targets or wants any help in setting them agreeing them within their business whether it be for you for your team for an individual for you know a joint venture partnership it's exactly the same I will be more than happy to help so please contact me and in the meantime go out there and make a difference Thank you for listening to this episode of the Conscious Leadership Podcast. If you have any questions, please contact me on any one of the social media channels. I'm on most of them, including Clubhouse and YouTube, and my books are on Amazon. If you would like a topic discussed, please tell me. And if you have found this information useful, please share and please leave a review.